When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they are. Brandon is not with me tonight, so this will be a little bit of a shorter podcast as we just run around the league, talk about these games, and one story that is very near and dear to my heart. So let's go ahead and get started with the Mets and the New York Yankees. Scoring wasn't didn't start in this game until the top of the fifth as Dom Smith is able to start off a rally in the fifth for three runs with an RBI single, followed by RBIs from James McCann, and then one more off of a wild pitch. Then this carries over into the sixth inning as Francisco Lindor walks around the bases. This allows Jeff McNeil to score. Dom Smith hits another RBI double. And then Kevin Pillar with an RBI single makes this an 8 nothing ball game. Luckily, the Yankees are there to perform in clutch time now as Aaron Judge homers and, R- and Gio Urshela hits a two RBI single in the sixth to bring them within a very nice, comfortable five-run deficit. The Mets win this one 8-3. to three. Give the win to Tijuana Walker. He went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two hits, two earned, five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Jordan Montgomery 
four and a third, six hits, three earned, six strikeouts for the Yankees that they're unable to match up with the best team in the NL East, and they fall now to a 41-40 and record at the exact halfway point of the season. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Toronto Blue Jays over in Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, George Springer went yard, his fifth of the year, for the Blue Jays to give them the early lead. This would be tied up by a Manny Margot big fly in top of the fourth. And then another score would not come until the bottom of the sixth, where the Blue Jays rattle off five runs here, started with a fielder's choice RBI for Lourdes Gurriel and ended with a Santiago Espinal home run, his first of the season. Kevin Kiermeyer does do a little bit of window dressing late and Toronto wins this one six to three. Give the win to Aaron Simber out of the bullpen. Ross Stripling started this one for Toronto, going five and two thirds, allowing two hits, one earned, five strikeouts. The loss goes to Shane McClanahan. He went five and a third, allowing three runs, two only two earned, and five strikeouts. Next up, we will do the San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. And this started off with a Manny Machado home run, his 13th of the year to put the San Diego Padres up two. But from there, Bryce Harper and Rice Hoskins go yard in the bottom of the second, only to have Bryce Harper drive in another on a sack fly and then Rice Hoskins drive in more on a double Later in the bottom of the sixth, these two guys and their big day catapult the Phillies past the Padres at a score of four to two. Give the win to Zach Eflin. Six innings, two earned, two strikeouts. The loss goes to you, Darvish. Six innings, six hits, four earned runs, eight strikeouts. The save will be given to Ranger Suarez, his first of the season. Next up, we will go over to the red-hot Milwaukee Brewers against the Pittsburgh Pirates. In the top of the first and top of the second, Milwaukee manages to get six, or I'm sorry, five runs on the board thanks to RBIs from Avisail Garcia, Jace Peterson, Omar Narvaez, and that will give them a 5-0 lead. Bottom of the second, the Pirates do manage to put one on. It is the only run that they will get until the bottom of the eighth where Ben Gamble went yard. However, from there on, the Brewers just pour it on. They out-hit Pittsburgh 16-7 to and win this one 11-2. Give the win to Eric Lauer, six and a third, four hits, one earned, four strikeouts. The loss goes to Ponce of Pittsburgh, one and two-thirds, five earned, three strikeouts. Moving over to Cincinnati here for a little more NL Central matchup, and we have the Reds and the Cubs. 
The Cubs managed to get their first run of the game in the bottom of the second on a passed ball before Chris Bryant can go yard in the top of the third, extend this to a 2-0 ball game. From there, Joey Votto and Tyler Naquin went yard in the fourth and fifth to lead up to a Gino Suarez RBI single in the bottom of the seventh. Cincinnati manages to get past the Chicago Cubs in both the game and the standings, it appears, with a 3-2 to two victory. Give the win to Hendricks out of the Cincinnati bullpen. Tyler Molly started this game going five innings, allowing five hits, two runs, only one earned, and seven strikeouts. The loss goes to Albert Alzale. He went seven innings, allowing five hits, three earned, and six strikeouts. The save will be given to Heath Hembry, his third of the year. And this is a sharp, sharp decline for the Chicago Cubs, if you ask me. I mean, this is a team where everyone was like, okay, they're beating the best competition. They're obviously capable of, you know, a higher form of war, so to say, in the competition you can get from all of these top-level teams. And so all of a sudden, everyone thought they were going to do a little more than fight. They were going to actually compete game in and game out. And that just hasn't been the case. I mean, this has probably been one of the more convincing hot streaks of the year by the Cubs to get to them themselves to the situation that they're in. Granted, they've still got a lot of bright spots on this team, but they just don't want to put it together. They're now down to third in their division with a lot of really good teams, particularly in that West, that aren't going to let up anytime soon. I don't th- I'm don't. i starting to very quickly think that the wild card will probably not be in, in significant play come the middle of September. There will not be a true race in those last couple of weeks as you see a team like San Diego finally pull all the strings, pull it together, and be the team that we all think they can. Next up, we got the Minnesota Twins and the Kansas City Royals. The Twins start scoring off here in the fourth inning with a Gilberto Celestino and Jorge Polanco RBIs. From there, Kansas City gets in a big run, a double from Hunter Dozier, and Edward Olivares home run his first of the year, and then a Salvador Perez double and Hunter Dozier sack fly make this a 6-2 Minnesota, or sorry, 6-2 Kansas City game without anyone really blinking. Trevor Larnick did hit a home run later, his sixth of the year to make this a 6-3 ball game. That is hardly the result you want to see if you are in Minnesota. Give the win to Zimmer out of the bullpen. He comes in for Danny Duffy, four innings, six hits, two earned, two strikeouts. The loss will go to Jacks of Minnesota, five innings, six earned, three strikeouts. And I believe this was the start return for Danny Duffy. Am I completely crazy with this? Definitely hasn't played the whole year. No, I'm good. Trust myself. No. He's just very, very quietly, of course, 
coming in here doing a few short stints here, getting in against the Yankees, the Rangers, and then the Red Sox before this being his first longer innings started. So they're obviously working him back to the force that he was through the first month and a half of this season so far. The was able to go to Scott Barlow, his fourth of the year. As we turn over to the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago White Sox here, as we look at upset alert going through the young part of the Tigers rotation, Jose Abreu and Luis Garcia do get runs on the board early. However, Chicago won't be able to score again until the fifth inning where they put up another three. This will not be good enough to keep up with the Tigers as in the bottom of the fourth, Eric Haas starts the things off, sets the tone with an inside the park home run, his 10th home run of the season to give them the lead 3-2. And from there, they just continue to pour it on, scoring 11 runs in this game to defeat the division-leading Chicago White Sox. Give the win to Tariq Skubal. He went five innings, along five earned with six strikeouts. The loss will go to Dallas Keuchel, four innings, seven earned, two strikeouts. His ERA is now up to a 4-4-8. I don't think anyone really noticed a climb that, that far. I mean, people have really been taking, I think, for granted the fact that you're going to have guys like Giolito, Rodon, and um, Dallas Keuchel, who all have a lot of experience in this team, but they've not all put it together at the same time. Granted, Rodon has largely been fine, but it worries me. I mean, Lucas Giolito basically forgot how to pitch for a large part of April. We're now seeing Dallas Keuchel struggle. He have some really crooked numbers we put up against him. So we, it's a matter of time till we see what we got. Over to the Marlins and the Braves. Top of the third, Miami gets two runs off of a Jazz Chisholm RBI and Garrett Cooper RBI single. Ozzie Albies then cuts this deficit down to 2-1 with an RBI single in the fifth before a Garrett Cooper home run makes this a 3-1 ball game. The Braves are unable to make this comeback, losing 3-2. Give the win to Sandy Alcantara. Six innings, one run, but none earned, four strikeouts. The loss will go to Kyle Muller, five and two-thirds, three earned, seven strikeouts. The save will go to Yimmy Garcia, his 13th of the season. Next up, we have the Indians and the Astros. The Astros start off with the first three runs of this game a Carlos Correa single, a Carlos Correa home run, and then an Abraham Toro homer, his third of the year, to make it 3-0, of course. Bradley Zimmer and Harold Ramirez drive in runs trying to complete the comeback, but they will fall 3-2. Give the win to Jake Odorizzi. Six innings, four hits, two runs, but only one earned, two strikeouts. The loss will go to Morgan of the Cleveland Indians, five innings, three earned, three strikeouts for him. Ryan Presley gets his 14th save 
of the season as the Astros extend themselves to 51 wins here, only a couple games removed from the All-Star break. Next up, we will have the Nationals and the Dodgers. A bit of interesting news here is that Kyle Schwarber will probably miss some legitimate form of time here in the coming days because he has been diagnosed with a strain of some sort from his at-bat the other day that had him ultimately leave the game. But let's get into what actually happened today. The two teams traded three run innings in the fourth. The Dodgers got runs driven in by Will Smith, Albert Pujols, and Gavin Lux before a young Gomes home run for the Nationals. From there, in the top of the sixth, A.J. Pollock hits an RBI single, and then Chris Taylor adds another for the Dodgers to win this one 5-3. Give the win to Bruzdar Gratterall in relief of Clayton Kershaw, who went four innings, allowing three earned. The loss will go to Suero out of the uh, Washington Nationals bullpen. Espino got the start going four and a third, allowing three earned. The save will go to Kelly Jansen, his 21st of the year. All right, this is, it's, I'll, I'll admit, it's time for the uh, game I'm least looking forward to discussing here, and that is the A's and the Red Sox, as this one was a long game that wasted a very much of my time. This started with a RBI triple in the bottom of the second, for Seth Brown before the Red Sox would come from behind and lead by as much as 3-1 early. And then eventually, after a Kike Hernandez homer, 4-2 going into the last two innings. Um, unfortunately, you know, we don't have Matt Barnes available tonight. So they decide to go with Yaxel Rios as the eighth inning guy here. He does not get the job done. But rather than bringing Adam Adovino in for a multi-inning save to put the team out of their the inning out of its misery, they decide to go with Darwin's and Hernandez, who will only have more control issues during this inning, and I'll basically allow the game to get tied up. We will not get another score until the top of the twelfth, where a Marwin Gonzalez bloop single is able to bring in. Rafael Devers, and then Kike Hernandez drove one more in to make this a 6-4 game. The only issue at this point is Adam Adovino was then was used earlier in the ninth inning, even though he couldn't come in in the beginning of the eighth inning. So with Matt Barnes officially having the day off, there was no qualified person to come in and save this game. So they have to give the ball to yield 35. Matt Andres, the scariest pitcher in the bullpen, and he gives up uh, two earned runs, but three total here to have the Red Sox lose the game in walk-off fashion, 7-6. Give the win to Wendelkin, the last reliever for Oakland. Cole Irvin went seven innings, allowing four runs, but only two earned and five strikeouts. The loss will go to Matt Andres. He only recorded an out while allowing three runs in that final inning. Garrett Richards went five innings, allowing two earned. 
and two strikeouts. He did pitch a little into that sixth inning as well, where he had to have Hirokazu Sawamura come in and bail him out. And one thing I did completely miss is that Garrett Whitlock also did not pitch in this game. So I don't believe he has pitched a ton recently. Um, Matt Barnes had been pretty high usage, so I wasn't entirely shocked that he wasn't there. But again, it was just very uncharacteristic to see Cora not make that move to not go with Adovino at some point here when you like desperately needed it or even bringing in a guy like say Garrett Whitlock who you're not necessarily wanting to use but kind of feel you have to use to win the game because contrary to popular belief winning is important next up we've got the Rockies and the Cardinals this starts with Trevor Story going yard, his 10th of the year, makes this a 3-0 game for Colorado here at Coors Field, where Trevor Story will be participating in the home run derby. Top of the eighth, Paul Goldschmidt and Yachty drive in on runs, but failed to come back against the Rockies, losing 3-2. Give the win to Julius Chassin out of the bullpen. Kyle Freeland started this one going six innings allowing three hits, three walks, and three strikeouts. The loss will go to Genesis Cabrera out of the bullpen along those three runs. Wade LeBlanc went five and two-thirds, allowing no earned runs and three strikeouts in his early work. The save goes to Daniel Bard, his 12th of the year. Only a couple before my little special topic here. I also have a quick PPP note for Brandon. That was quite cool. So I am excited to share that coming up. But first things first, we have the Angels and the Orioles. The Angels managed to get three runs on the board before the Orioles had a chance to respond. These were a Jared Walsh RBI single, a Phil Gosselin RBI, and then a Juan Lagares RBI double. Pat Valeka did one in for Baltimore to make it a 3-1 game, but they will fall a score of 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Angels, who have now brought themselves to 500 on the season before Mike Trout has returned. Give the win to Alex Cobb. He went seven and two-thirds, allowing four hits, one earned, and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Jorge Lopez, his 11th on the season. He went four and two-thirds, along with four earned and four strikeouts. His ERA is now up at 6.02. The save will be given to Rossiel Iglesias, his 16th of the year. Next, we have the Giants and the D-backs. A tight one here as the Giants rattle off four runs in the third inning. This will then be countered by a run over the next several innings by the Diamondbacks here as they add two in the two in the third, thanks to Estrubal Cabrera and Christian Walker, two more in the fourth with a Nick Ahmed two-run piece, and then David Peralta adds another to give Arizona the late lead, but a hero will come in the top of the eighth for the Giants as Austin Slater goes yard, his eighth of the year, This one will be a two-run fly and give them the 6-5 advantage to win. 
give the win to Leon. Long started this game going four innings, allowing four earned with six strikeouts. The loss will go to Butcher, who allowed those two last two earned runs. Faria went four innings, allowing four earned and three strikeouts to start this one. And the save goes to Jake McGee, his 16th of the year. Next up, we have Texas and Seattle here. And Texas got a big boost from of their offense in the third and fourth innings as John Hicks goes yard, Eli White goes yard, and then John Hicks goes yard again before an RBI by Adolis Garcia makes this a 7-1 ball game. The Rangers go on to win at a score of 7-3. The win will go to Jordan Lyles, six innings, two earns, six strikeouts. The loss will go to Marco Gonzalez, three and a third, not too long for him. Seven runs, six earned, and four strikeouts. And this will ultimately hurt the Mariners a little bit, who have still found a way to be above 500 here, going closer and closer to the back end of the season. I do have one PPP I have to pull up from Brandon, who is not with us tonight. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, yes. Sam Hoff. This has been a story that's kind of running around the league right now. Didn't get much traction that I saw until later in the evening. But granted, it should be noted that Brandon had this to me sometime around two. So it was a little bit before MLB.com and all those places were like all over it. But Rangers prospect Sam Huff went yard for 511-foot home run and 115 miles an hour was its exit velocity. That is an absolute shot by this guy, Sam Huff, and that that would get anyone excited. I mean, I, I think I would be certainly excited if that was a Red Sox prospect doing 511 like that. That would just get me so amped up. Of course, you will have the people that are like, trying to protect Ted Williams legacy with the red seat and completely downplay in any way, shape or form possible to an obnoxious extent. If it was the Red Sox. So that's why I'm a little glad that it isn't. But another thing to know is the fact that this still doesn't tell us a heck of a lot. I mean, it shows us he's strong. He's gotta be, he's gotta be strong. He's gotta have a lot of power to be able to even pull off this feat. But if this is coming once in a blue moon, then what's even the point, you know? So at that point, no, we will move on to my little rant here. And that is actually going to be our little appreciation segment for one Joe Kelly, who, again, we have not talked about much this season with the Los Angeles Dodgers, he went over to L.A. several seasons ago after winning the World Series with the Boston Red Sox, decides to make the move out west where he's from, and overall has found some decent success, less so this year, having a four ERA currently for them, but still certainly, I would say, a contributor but bigger story, of course, is having him be on the Dodgers 
team for this last World Series winning in 2020. He gets his second career trip to the White House in Washington, D.C., and he decides to go in style. The night before, he sees at the game, it is Mexico night, and sees a mariachi band playing up in the stands. What does this absolute monster, this absolute man decide to do? He swaps his jersey in exchange for a, a mariachi band's coat. Um, if I was the guy from the mariachi band, this is a no-brainer. I mean, it's Joe Kelly. It's fun. Who doesn't want it? If you're Joe Kelly, it's a no-brainer. This is going to be one of your best stories. You get to tell people. You get to out look absolutely sick at the White House, showing up in style to celebrate your win. So I... I certainly enjoyed seeing this little, again, flare of style from this guy. But, I mean, it just perfectly matches his M.O. I mean, Joe Kelly, of course, is always going to be somebody who's a little bit off, a little bit off-brand, off-white in the way he thinks, the way he goes about the game. And that's what makes him so fun and so exciting to watch because it's just – it's that – Joe Kelly is that perfect amount of chaos – that we all want in our lives, but are a little too afraid to actually ask for in the event that it gets out of hand. But I mean, no one could look better than Joe Kelly right now. So again, I cannot, I cannot complain with anything he's done here. The drip is on point with this mariachi jacket he's got going. Honestly, it pretty much encompasses his outlook right now perfectly i mean you know white shirt with the bedazzled jacket the great story behind it but overall he just looks cool looks like a badass looks like somebody who doesn't care what they anyone thinks he's just gonna be wild rowdy have a good time and do his thing that's what we love joe kelly for that's what i want to see of more joe kelly for several years to come he was certainly one of my favorite red Sox when he was here and he just brings that kind of crazy mentality that really brightens up a clubhouse brightens up a day and will give everyone a good story to tell that will wrap it up for mlb daily today uh make sure you follow us on twitter at mlb daily pod and as always we will see you manana Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 